Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, July 28, 2015. And today we are reading from the Big Book and we are on page 103, paragraph 2. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Mary B., The Twelve Traditions, Anita L., and reading the text today is Deanna B., Rachel W., and Marcella M. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, July 27, 2015, is 7872. 7872. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating, and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary B. to read the 12 Steps. Good morning. This is, uh, good morning, everyone. Can you hear me, Melanie? I can. Good morning, Mary. Great. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. The 12 Steps. One, We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for the opportunity to be of service. Thank you, Mary B. 
I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia area. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Let's problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. <clears throat> Excuse me, nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 103, starting with paragraph 2 today. And I will ask Deanna B. to begin our study. Good morning, Deanna. Good morning. Thank you very much for your service, Melanie. My name is Deanna B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader from Chicago. Uh, someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public 
to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. But we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Drinkers will not stand for it. Um, In just this little paragraph that says so much to me, what brought back to my mind was that I wasn't a very good role model for many years uh, for Overeaters Anonymous because I kept going up, down, up, down, this diet, that diet. So therefore, how could I, uh, my attitude, although it wasn't one of bitterness or hostility, was one of just, you know, maybe you could do it, but I couldn't. And um, I also know that uh, where it says drinkers will never will not stand for it. You know, when other people would get self-righteous and this is the only way, you know, I was how they don't understand. It didn't matter if they were, were an OA or anything else. But I do know when, now that I'm at about my, my appropriate weight, I suppose, you know, I'm asked a lot of questions when I see people of how did you do it, I think I need, you know, they want to tell me what they're eating. And it's like I said, I'm not a nutritionist, you know. But I have one rule for me, and that is that my definition is that after having taken that first bite of my trigger food, I cannot predict the outcome of my behavior, whether I'm going to have one, ten, not eat it for that two weeks, or just start binging again. And so, therefore, I have to look at it like alcohol. And sometimes people don't understand. I still get a lot of uh, comments. Uh, I belong to two senior groups, and uh, people are always offering me something and commenting, why, you know, why this, why that. And, you know, eventually they'll stop. You know, for many years, uh, I went on again, off again. So I just need to do what I need to do just for today and be as loving and tolerant and kind as I can to my fellow recovering and recovered compulsive readers. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Deanna B. Who would like to comment on this paragraph? Paragraph 2 on 103. Jose from New Marcel. York. This is Bella, can I say? I have so far Charles H., Marcella, and Bella. Let's go with that. Thank you. Hi, Charles. You're up first. Hey, good morning, Melanie. This is Charles H. Let me let y'all know. Y'all got to time this thing right. You know, this. <laughs> I'm just joking. Good morning, all visionaries. My name is Charles H. Recover Visionary. Just for today, grateful grateful to be alive, first of all. Thank you, God. It ain't have to be this good. Um, I want to speak to I want to speak to that line, right? I want to drill down like an eagle to this morning. Um, that they... They will not stand for it. Man, I I could just identify in with some self-righteous person coming in telling me I should. Can I tell you, visionaries, that I would probably tell them some words that I choose not to repeat this morning. Uh, uh, You know, the enemy is, you know, uh, can I tell you one thing? The enemy is not dressed in no red suit with, with a pitchfork with horns. The enemy is my evil thoughts. The enemy is my self-will run right. I, I tell you that. And, you know, I had to I had to be thoroughly whipped, beaten down, right, 
to, to, to see this, even in OA, you know, when people used to come to me and say, you know, the big book is the only way and da-da-da-da, you know what? I, 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 I came to realization that I, I really believed that in my mind. But at that point, I would not stand for somebody trying to shove the big book down my throat. Guess what? It ain't going to fit anyway. You know, even all the binge food in the world that I wanted to fit, it still ain't fit. But, you know, I was convinced. But, you know, for me going around wearing a shirt talking out, you know, or, or a gold chain saying, oh, way works, come, come and try to reform people, it's not attractive. It's not attractive. Can I tell you, can I say that I had, I was riddled with resentment bullets this whole weekend. And I'm here to tell you, I'm standing on a Tuesday morning, a walk-in miracle. I went through the process, got rid of all of them, and I'm up and running today, just for today. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you, Melody, for your service. Thank you, Charles H. Marcella M., you're next. Is it my turn? It is. Hi. Good morning, Marcella. Uh, hi. Hi. Good morning again, Melanie Marcella. I recovered compulsive overeater. Um, gee, this, this paragraph, it just tells me the reason why I've been granted this unmerited gift of being abstinent and, and, and free of the obsession of the food because we need to get to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. Um, I just recently learned at college that two-thirds of American population are um, either overweight or obese, and including children. I work with young children, and I can attest that that's true in, in, in our classrooms, that we see very, very young children that are overweight or obese, and in and their their parents come and pick them up, and you see the reason why. Um, so maybe one day we are strong enough and powerful enough and eloquent enough, but mainly attractive enough, attractive enough, kind enough, patient enough to to help everybody, not only in America, but because the, the obesity epidemic is global now, to get everybody to a better realization of the gravity of our problem and 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 getting to know getting to tell people the gravity of our problem not by our problem but by our solution like people who see me and haven't seen me in like 6 years they think that I'm my daughter they think that I'm my my youngest sister they don't recognize me and and that is ridiculously attractive and it's not something that I'm doing or maybe some what I'm doing is just dial the phone and hang up with hang out with you guys, but it's something that is being granted to me, and it's unmerited. So what do I do? I just pick up the phone and connect with you, and and a vision for you is my home group, and I'll, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to service my group, and and to help others, and and that's what I'm doing. And maybe one day I will be strong enough to help everybody to realize how powerful is our solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marcella M. Bella G., you're next. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. 
but we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Oh yes, yes, it brings me to what I was before the program and what I am now, thank you God. Yes, before the program, I was connected to my ego. I was connected to my power. And yes, I would uh, spend time and effort and power only if you will do exactly what I want. And if you are not successful and if you are not doing, if you are not keeping my diet or my way of living, you know, something is wrong, either with you and with me for sure. Not anymore. This is not my attitude anymore. Thank you, God. Today, I know I am connected to a higher power, higher than myself. Yes, today I know that I am a messenger only. And I am not connected to my ego. It's not my power. And yes, I have my character defects. And, you know, I, I, I have to pause and to remember that I am not, I, I, I don't have the power. And yes, if I am a sponsor, you know, I am giving so much to my sponsee and I am, you know, I am sharing with her my experience, strength and hope and still my sponsee cannot do this program or or cannot stay abstinent, you know, it's not, I, I, I am not taking anymore this as a responsibility. I cannot be bitter, not of her and not of myself. I am not, I am not responsible for the outcomes. I have to, to share my experience, strength and hope and to hope that I am the, the messenger. And if, she is not there yet. It's nothing to do with me. I cannot be, be there. You know, I am doing the best I can. Today I am connected to a loving, accepting power. I am not connected anymore to my ego and to my own power. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph this morning? Janice M. Nessa, Kim G, this is Amy, Amy G. Okay, I got four more. Thank you so much. Bossa I have Janice o. M. Okay, we'll stop right there, Bossa. Thank you. Go with Janice M, Nessa R, Kim G, Amy G, and Bossa O. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Melanie, and good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Janice M, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Someday we hope, well, when I'm going to take it at another level, um, someday is today. Someday is today. So these writers, they say we hope. They, the ones that have recovered that wrote this book, let me put my time on, um, is the we. But I can say that it's we today. It's you and I, everybody on this meeting. We, we as we to go through these steps and get recovered can, and the hope is, is started already, that Alcoholics Anonymous, for us, Overeaters Anonymous, will help the public better realize the gravity, the gravity that I do lack the power to this disease, that the illness, that this is an illness, that's the gravity, that I lack the power. 
and we have to know the problem before we can tell the solution. <laughs> if we don't know the problem, we can't give the solution. So um, that's where our attitude as recovered people will towards uh, suffering, still suffering compulsive overeaters, will be understanding, to understand that, yeah, this is a disease. It's an illness. And um, in it, when we're recovered, we're not fighting anybody. We're under, you know, it's just that's the way it is. And um, there, there's so much, so much more to this that, you know, that we are physically and mentally different from the normal eater. You know, we have compulsive overeating and eating, you know, compulsive behaviors, which is part of our spiritual malady. But this is what's happening today, and it's up to each one of us um, to continue to allow us to stay recovered and live in these steps so that we, so that people, um, when I die, that people after me will get this program, hopefully. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Nessa R. Hi, good morning. Um, this is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, the gravity of the alcoholic problem. Um, I have a friend who very wisely points out that the effects of food and compulsive overeating and food addiction are less immediately punishing than the effects of alcohol or drugs on those addicted. And it's true. And, you know, unfortunately, instead of working to our advantage, that has led us, not only the outside world, but us inside the room, to have a very cavalier attitude towards food. Like, oh, what does a little bit matter? You know, like I remember when I first came into the rooms, I was told, oh, you know, just choose your abstinence. Just decide what, what you can and cannot eat. Just sell it to your sponsor and just choose your abstinence. So, of course, I chose my abstinence would be no binging, but I could eat anything I wanted whenever I wanted. Um, I could eat a cookie or two, just not the whole bag. I could eat, you know, a scoop of ice cream, just not the whole tub. And I didn't have to eat at set times as long as I wasn't having, like, a full-blown binge. And, of course, what I was doing is racing throughout the day, which was really a binge. But page 24, of, in page 24 of the big book, it says, we have the loss of power of choice in drinks, so I can't choose, you know, what my abstinence is. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not equipped to make that decision. I'm biased. And so, um, you know, when I, when I recovered, it was the, the first step to that was taking a food plan from my sponsor who said, no, you can't eat you know, sugar, flour, and sweeteners, and caffeine, and you cannot eat the whole entire day. You have to eat three meals, weight and measure, you know, not as much as you want, whenever you want. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still in the room, but very cavalier attitude, you know, people, I've seen many people um, arrive at their go way, they look amazing, they feel amazing, and that's it. Now they can eat, and um, they gain their weight back and then some more and go out and it's so painful to watch that you know not only outside of the rooms but especially inside the rooms we do need to recognize the, the gravity of the alcoholic problem and um, with that I pass thank you thank you Nessa <clears throat> pardon me Nessa R Kim G you're next good morning Melody my side right here Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. 
you know, the, the gravity of the alcoholic problem. I have to tell you, for many re years in OA, and, and it was common in my area, we'd say, you know, is there any other compulsive overeaters here besides myself? And I would raise my hand. And I realize now that I've become a student of the big book that for years what I did is I raised my hand saying I'm fat and I don't want to be fat anymore, or I'm not fat and I'm terrified of being fat again. I didn't understand what the alcoholic problem was. And I think that's so critical that we have, as a fellowship, we have to know that. You know, Marcella mentioned that two-thirds of Americans are, are overweight or obese. I don't think that means two-thirds of Americans are compulsive overeaters. The same way my college experience was 80 to 90 percent of the people got drunk on a, on a weekly basis, I don't believe 80 to 90 percent of college students are alcoholics. You know, those are the consequences of alcohol if you drink too much. The consequences of eating too much is you get fat. That doesn't mean you're an alcoholic and doesn't mean you're a compulsive overeater. You know, I often challenge people who I start to work with who've been in OA a, whole, a long time. Think if a, a, an alien came down from outer space and said, what is a compulsive overeater? Tell me how you would describe that. And often people don't know what to say. You know, another a challenge we got in our intergroup was the idea of an elevator speech. You know, when you're caught in an elevator for three minutes with an executive, how would you sell your product? If a newcomer came up to you at the end of a meeting and says, I only have a couple minutes, can you tell me what a compulsive overeater is? I'm not sure if I belong here. You know, can we do that? I mean, that's our obligation. That's the importance of the doctor's opinion. So we know what a compulsive overeater is, so we know if the rest of the book is relevant to us. I have to tell you, it's often sad. I, I go on Facebook OA pages, and all I see is diet tips. Scarily, I see a lot of medical advice that we were not qualified to give, and a lot of junior therapy. That's not what a 12-step program is about, and people don't know what a compulsive overeater is. It talks about here telling the public, but I think my personal feeling is we have to educate the people in Overeaters Anonymous. The public is not going to take us seriously until we as a fellowship get healthier. We as a fellowship understand what we suffer from and become recovered so that we can bring that message to the outside world. And I'll end with this. You know, at the end of the meeting, the second meeting, we offer the doctor's opinion and people say, why is that? Because it's so critical for us to understand what a compulsive overeater is. And because as compulsive overeaters, we have different allergies, it's so important for us to understand individually what abstinence is. Because until we understand what abstinence is and put the food down, we're not going to be available to treat the larger aspect of our disease, which is the mental obsession. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Amy G., you're next. Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. And I could just say to Kim G., just ditto, ditto. You know, someday we hope that alcoholics will help the public to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic program. You know, it says we. We. You know, we are. This is a reminder that we are uh, a fellowship of we. But like Kim has also so eloquently stated, the fact that this is also for in order to be a we program, I have to be recovered. And many other eyes who recovered come together and we become a we and we carry a message of depth of weight. And, you know, what chapter are we in? Working with others. You know, in order for me to carry a message, I have to be the message. I have to understand the problem. I have to know what the solution is. I have to work the solution. And by the grace of God, the 12 steps, you know, I become recovered. 
And then I carry a message of depth and weight, but it all starts with that before we can become a we. We we all individually have to be recovered to be able to get out there to the public and to those within Overeaters Anonymous to have a message of depth of weight. I mean, we just read about it earlier, a couple of paragraphs earlier. What is our job? To be of maximum helpfulness to others. Well, if I'm bitter about you know, the world or how it presents food or the myth about sin as well, if I'm bitter about that, well, I'm certainly not carrying a message of depth and weight, and I'm not showing trust and reliance on God and love and tolerance of others. That's, that's, not, that's not the way it works. What is our primary purpose? Our primary purpose is to carry the message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. I have to be able to carry a message that focuses on this is what happened to me, you know, this is what it was like, this is what happened, and this is what I'm like now by the grace of this program. i got to know the big book. I mean, we're spending a lot of effort to put together um, – the vision for you for a conference in October Halloween weekend so that we can carry a message of depth and weight and inform people and hopefully strengthen, you know, our overviews and of understanding what the problem is, what the disease is, and how to recover. You know, it says here on page 31 here, um, where is it here, never, if anyone is showing an inability to control his drinking and do the right about faith, our hats are off to them. Heaven knows we have tried long and hard enough to drink like other people. I mean, we not only take an idea of tolerance, we take this idea of, wow, if you can stop where we could not, our hats are off to you. Good for you. Go do what you need to do. And it's the same thing within the fellowship and with those that say, you know, this program is not for me. I don't think I'm going to do this. I say, go. Be, you know, but we are here for you if you ever want to come back. But my hat's off to you. If you could do what I couldn't do, it is with humility that I deal with the public, but that I deal with other compulsive readers that come into the program. If you can do it, then please, you find what you can do. But if you can't, this is, this is the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. This is the message that I have, and this is the message I will carry. It is a week program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. And Vasa O, you're next. But right after you, we're going to move on to the last paragraph to wrap up this chapter. Hi, Vasa. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. And I am Vasa O. Recover compulsive overeater calling from Massachusetts. And it starts with me, you know, to carry this message. I have to have the message. And I'm so grateful to God that I was led to the to OA and the 12 steps. And, uh, and I diagnosed myself. Nobody had to diagnose me that I was a food addict or compulsive overeater, whatever they call it. I was that person. And uh, I know for me there was... Uh, I try, uh, it's a someday we hope that uh, I remember saying someday someday I'm going to beat this you know before coming coming to recovery I tried to beat the food my addiction for many many years 25 years I couldn't do it by myself and by my own willpower and I'm grateful that I found that the power that's greater than myself could step to help me and the and the OA and the 12 steps and the people that I in away or any of those programs. I don't care what program it is, Tim, you know, the steps, you know, there's so many other programs have pulled away from, from away. But to me, it's surrendering, you know, and knowing what I am and how I'm going to follow the steps, you know. And I was ready and I was willing because I didn't want to die. And I have people, I mean, you know, over the years, I've had people in my life that, that I try to 
work with other people, carry the message, and some people wanted it, some people didn't, some left, some came back, some other people never came back, and it's so sad. It's very, very sad, you know. I mean, I have not my immediate family, family, but they're not perfect either, but I have brothers that struggle, you know, and mother and father, you know, and I'm the only one that's in recovery. It's it's amazing, you know, and everybody else is struggling with all kinds of physical problems and, you know, and again, I'm, you know, I do the best to take care of my body and I, the, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, you know, but I know people in my family that have died from this disease. So I'm carrying the message. I, you know, that's my purpose. That's my mission to help another human being that's suffering with this, with addiction. But again, I can't, I cannot diagnose them. They, you know, I just say, okay, this, this is where the solution is. You know, if you want to come to a meeting, you know, come and listen. That's what I did. I'm not going to 12 step and tell everybody about all my life and about the program, you know, in one time or twice, you know, but I give them hope, you know, and that's all I can do. So, I am, yeah, I don't want to take too long. My girlfriend's daughter is struggling with the food addiction. I mean, she's like 16, 17, and she's in so much pain. The meeting is only two minutes for her. The meeting is only two minutes from her house. I sub- suggested to her she's doing her AA program. She's not, she, oh, I don't think that's going to help. Fine. I let it go. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Thank you for those that shared, and we're going to move forward now to the last paragraph on page 103. It'll be paragraph 3. Rachel W., will you take that for us? Good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Super. Great. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and good morning, everyone. This is Rachel W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Um, After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. And um, and for those of the line that struggle to believe in miracles, um, here this paragraph is for you. <laughs> you know what this is is we have in the twelfth step. You know the, the greatest promise in the big book, which is having had that spiritual awakening, like it will happen. So you know how, how did this happen? You know we're, we we went from we, we began you know in step one smashing that delusion of the illusion that we had any control over food, you know, smashing that delusion that, that we could, you know, of the ways that I thought I could handle food in my life, you know, and, so, and then all of a sudden to come over to here, you know, making that beautiful arch into step 12 where I'm actually in a position to be discussing the best ways to handle my addiction and, and also to sponsor other people. How does that happen if it's not miraculous? So we have the, you know, having had a spiritual awakening, almost like a beacon, you know, as a promise, you know, through the steps that if, if I just align myself with these principles um, as, as I move along, then I can come to a place where I can, I can be of service. And we all know the, the, the extra cost involved in, in uh, italicizing words in this book. This is a whole paragraph italicized. And, um, and it, so the message is clear that the really all along, food was never the problem. The addiction was never the problem. The problem was only what's going on in my mind. You know, why is it that, that suddenly now I can be so serene when it comes to the food, that now I, I have a position of neutrality, that I do feel a shift in my life? You know, how, how does that happen? You know, from, from how do I go from a menu of, of death by Reese's, <laughs> you know, to, to uh, a, a beautiful food plan where I'm able to keep my weight down and, 
and live healthily. And, you know, just to, just to end off with saying that, you know, what are we doing? I mean, this is a question I ask myself all the time, but what am I doing with my recovery and with my health? And, and what are we all doing with our thinner bodies and looking better and, and feeling better? You know, in what way am I living and continuing to live in self, you know, with all of those blessings of the program, you know? And I'm, I'm, uh, but I do have a promise that as long as I continue aligning myself myself with this with this principle that that really the the food was only a symbol you know i know the food thoughts and the food behaviors um, my own you know best efforts those those things in my, in my mind the truth is that that's that you know i i i don't i need help with that you know that's not that's not that wasn't the issue that was never the issue the issue was always only in my mind and um the problems are are my issues are are things most of the time that i create so um I um you know that that feeling of not having to fight anymore you know step 1 was all about fighting it's unmanageable how do i do this you know and through aligning myself with these steps i no longer feel that way i don't have to fight and i'm in that position of neutrality and and we have to do this we don't have a choice or, or i could lose everything um so thank you for so much for allowing me to share Kelly L hoodie L. I have a Kelly and i have a hoodie Larry. Duell. Larry, hi. Duell. 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 Hi there, Renata. Carolyn H. Carolyn H. Carolyn H. Carol H. Carol G. And one more, I heard. I might have missed it. Okay. Did we you have hear a lot me, Melanie, Renata? I did. Thank you, Renata, for bringing that up again. We have a lot here. May not get to everyone, just to to let you know with the, in terms of the timing. But let's start right now with Kelly. Good morning, Kelly. Yes, yes. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, this is Kelly Ellen, South Carolina, grateful uh, um, compulsive overeater and in, in recovery today, or recovered, excuse me. Um, this paragraph uh, speaks to me today. Um, it's about surrender, and you know how wonderful that um, you know to be in such total, absolute insanity and chaos. And, you know, to be struggling because I'm eating and to be eating because I'm struggling and to have that cycle go on and on and on and to finally say, I give up. You know, first I have to stop fighting with myself and that inner, horrible inner inner battle that just continues on and on and on. And, you know, thank God for this program and, and the relief that God gives me, my higher power gives me today to stay in recovery. And this paragraph is such a message of hope. And... um thank God, you know, that, that um, I can stop, I can pause, and I can pray, and I can say, wow, you know, I'm feeling insane, I'm feeling like I'm, I can rage right now, and I'm angry, but God, you take it, you take it, it's yours, and, um, and, and say the third step prayer, and give it to him, and he just continues to help me, miracle by miracle, day by day, thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kelly L. Hoodie R, you're next. Who do you want to press star one? Good morning, Eleni. This is Hudiar, a recovered compulsive overeater here in Israel. Um, here we are in working with others. After all, our problems are of our own making. Battles are only a symbol. And this reminds me um, where it says, you know, back our problem. What is this problem? And um, back to, um, you know, of our own making. 
So on page 62, we read, um, so our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. They arise out of ourselves, and the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-will run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must, or it kills us. God makes that possible. And, um, yeah, this problem, this selfishness, this, self, this self-will, you know, I created this. I created it. And, um, you know, when I came to the realization, working through the steps, and I learned who, where I was in each, and how I dealt with each situation, you know, the food was just a symbol of the, what was really going on within me. And I had to stop. I had to stop and say, I give up. I let God, I quit, play, quit playing God. I let him in control, in, in charge. And, you know, today I could do his will. And, um, you know, and, you know, I had to watch out for these defects. The selfishness just keeps always coming up. And today I can take care of it through the, the, through the um, working of this step. And, you know, and I get to do and give, and give to others what was so freely given to me. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hoodie R. Larry Kay. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks, Melanie, so much. I appreciate your service. Um, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader. Um, so our problems were our, of our own making, and bottles were only a symbol. You know, a symbol is it's, it's a thing that's representative of something else, you know, and, and the bottle was a symbol. The bakery box, a symbol. My gambling, a symbol. Excessive spending, a symbol. Lack of being able to save a symbol. The, none of these were the problem, and, that, and that's the thing. We, as human beings, we often compartmentalize and we, we put things in its, its, a, its, its little box in our head, you know, as if that's the problem. And then we go about occasionally trying to solve that particular problem. And there's, you know, there's somebody on the line right now that's trying to solve their problem and their problem is with their very best thinking. Their problem is they're just like I was. They're very overweight. Um, they're miserable and they can't stop eating. And of course that seems like their primary problem. And now, you know, we're being introduced to the true problem, lack of power. How could that be our problem? Lack of power. That was our dilemma. Dilemma is a problem. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. That doesn't make a lot of sense. It's counterintuitive to me when I first came into this program. I didn't connect with that thought. You know, how could lack of power be my problem? My problem is just put the food down. Put the food down. That solves, uh, you know, my problem. And yet the paradox is with this program is if you're a true compulsive overeater as I am, you're not going to be able to solve your own problem unless you get access to that power. And by the way, the way I found access and the only way that I found access to that power was through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, working them precisely as laid out in the big book. And selfishness, self-centeredness, that was the root of my problem. That was the root of my problem. Thank God for this process and for Alcoholics Anonymous. It solved my problem. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Do L, you're next. 
Good morning. This is Duel, Recover Compulsive Old Reader from New York. Um, I also like to share on that. Bottles were but a symptom. Besides, we had to stop finding anything or anyone we have to. And, and that indicates that, you know, I have, I'm putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. And a gunshot is a disconnect with God. Um, I don't have God in my life. But the Band-Aid is that I keep compulsively overeating, hoping that that, that problem will be solved. And then at the same time, I'm blaming others for my, my lot in life. Um, the center is not God. The center is food. The center is other things. The center is problems. And if I want to be happy, joyous, and free, then it says that, you know, I have to look at working with others. You know, I have to look at those people who have recovered, who have stopped fighting anything or anyone. And uh, I love what page 133 says. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a vow of tears, though it once was just as many of us, just as for many of us. It is clear that we have made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize as an opportunity to demonstrate its omnipotence. So, you know, the key to happiness to others, we help them as recovered people to avert these tragedies and show them how God is working in our lives. You see, I'm going to be the demonstration of that happy, joyous, and free. We who have recovered have chosen to be happy, decided to be happy by aligning ourselves with God. And, you know, because I am... Uh, having that different perception through these lenses of spirituality, then, you know, I'm not running the show myself anymore. I'm not in control of myself. I am not the solution anymore. You know, my outlook of life has changed. My reactions have changed. I have changed because my centeredness today is God. And so, you know, the promise is when the spirituality is overcome, when the spiritual maladies overcome, then I straighten out mentally and physically. That is the promise that this, this gives me. And, you know, and so I stop finding the food. I stop finding myself. I stop fighting because I come in alignment with the solution, which is to be God-centered, not self-centered, God-centered. And, um, and I'm grateful that I get to work with others today. I get to bring them through that process I get to experience that for myself as well as see it in others today that really, really want this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Renata G. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Composable Reader in New York. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles, bottles were just were only a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anyone or anything. We have to. What a great paragraph. And, uh, you know, this also, you know, reminded me of page 62, you know, where it says selfishness, self-centeredness. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. Driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity, we step on the soles of ourselves and they retaliate. See, my problem is that I, you know, I had a spiritual malady and I didn't know. I could not accept life on life's terms. 
and I had to use something to make me feel comfortable, to send me into oblivion, to help me forget about my uncomfortability. I, you know, I, I had to numb out because I wasn't able to, to feel my own feelings. And, uh, you know, the food is just a symbol. Of course, for me, the allergy of the body is real, right? That's what makes me a real compulsive eater. So I have a mind that tells me that I need to use something to take that edge off, to take that discomfort off. And then I go to the food and I pick up that first bite and I trigger the allergy and then I can't stop. But I know for me, you know, before coming into program, just the food wasn't even working anymore. I had to use food and alcohol. You know, I used um, relationships, you know, um, men, you know, like whatever I could get my hands on, shopping, you know, to really like make me forget about my own misery. And, uh, you know, my problem was that I wanted to be God. I played God. Like I, I... I used to say that, oh, yeah, I believe in God. I have a higher power, whatever. But I tried to manage everyone and everything, and things did not go my way, and I couldn't stand it. And so, you know, when I worked these 12 steps, that's what the steps do for me. They change me. You know, that personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And so today, by being recovered, by the grace of God, by, you know, the work of those 12 steps, I have peace of mind and serenity. I don't have to go to other things. I can go to my higher power. Today I know there's a power out there that is enough to solve all my problems, no matter what they are. And the last thing I want to share is, it says, besides you have stopped fighting anybody or anything. And so, you know, the first thing was, you know, stop fighting. Like, I had to surrender. I had to be completely convinced that my weight did not work, that the best I could come up with was to be overweight and miserable and wanting to die every day. And so that I, you know, now turn my will, my life over to the care of this new power. And, you know, when I take people through the steps, I, I give them the opportunity to do the same. I can't convince anyone. I have sponsees right now that are really struggling in their step work, they're procrastinating, they're not doing it, there's nothing I can do for them. They have to be convinced that they need a power, that they need to change, that um, they need this this program. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata. Carol H. Carol H. Hi, I'm sorry. Um, this is Carolyn H. from Massachusetts. Thank you, Melanie. Um, besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. Anybody or anything, because that's my problem. I couldn't accept anything that was the way it was supposed to be. And, you know, as it says on page 84, it should continue for my our lifetime. Continue to watch the selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Because those are the things, when those start cropping up, when those come up into play, those are the things that are blocking me. Those are the things that are in the way. 
And as soon as I see that I'm feeling resentful or angry or fearful, I stop immediately and I say, God, where are you right now with me? Where do I have you? Have I pushed you aside? Do I want to take back my own will? Because I cannot, I cannot any longer do this without God in my life. God is the only way that I can get the recovery that I need, that I can stay recovered. And I need to bring other people to this as well and show them that that's the only way to get this, is to have a higher power that you 100% trust in, that you do not in any way, shape, or form put anywhere but first in your entire life. Because selfishness, self-centeredness, and self-will are truly killers for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn H. And Monica T., you'll be the last share for us today. That will take us to the end. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater presently in Vermont. So here we got that fancy squiggly writing, and I was told any time I saw that this was very, very important. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. I, too, like probably most everyone else, came into these rooms because I thought I had a problem with food. If only I could find the secret ingredient magic pill that would take care of this food problem. But in the process of going through the steps, I learned that it wasn't the food that really brought me in here, but it was the unmanageability under all of this that brought me in here. And what's the unmanageability? You know, those lovely bedevilments on page 52. You know, I was miserable. I was depressed. I was unhappy all the time. You know, unmanageability, the bedevilments, the spiritual malady of this program, which boils down to my selfishness and my self-centeredness. And, you know, what really brought me in here was the fact that I continued to do the things I couldn't, I, I continued to do the things I did not want to do, and I couldn't do the things I wanted. I was a mess. And and so in working the steps, this got cleared up. And it and with step ten, you know, besides we've stopped fighting anybody or anything. That's the miracle of this program is, you know, I was powerless and I needed a power that was greater than me. Thank you, God. And working these steps, I was shown to me that, you know, I had to take care of all this underlying unmanageability here, my selfishness, my self-centeredness. And as a result of doing the 12 steps, um, God gave me serenity and peace. What He gave me what I looked for for 40 years. And um, with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Monica T. And thank you to everyone that shared. We will continue sharing into the second unrecorded hour with Carol G. being first up. Thank you so much, Carol G. And before we close with the reading on page 164, I wanted to let you know that tomorrow, Wednesday, July 29th, we will begin Chapter 11, A Vision for You. We will begin Chapter 11, A Vision for You. We've just closed out Chapter 7. Thank you so much. To all who shared today. And Marcella M., will you close us out this morning with reading on page 164? Sure. 
um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you should, will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until death.